2: Hear that podcast growling mean and angry. Hear
3: those calls shout It's Dana and Jay. Yo, know, it's Jay we talked about it last time the podcast.
1: And it feels like you were just coming out of a Sunday game day. It's just (laughs) natural for us to trot out the the lunch live room here for everybody to come on in and hang out. So here we are. How how did the root canal consult go? Everyone's on pins and needles about this.
4: Uh, Well, it went as expected. I do need a root canal. So the Monday before the NFL draft, I will be in there bright and early at 745. And hopefully be pain-free after that.
1: You know yeah. what? Well, this, this past weekend uh, might have felt like a root canal for, <laughs> for, for some fans who are feeling the angst as Lyle Collins was uh, here, and then maybe he was not going to be here, then he was at the Kenwood Mall, and now he's eating at Sparrow, and he's, <laughs> he's, where's he going to the precinct? Is he at Joe Burrow's house for a sleepover? Like, It's just... Uh, you know, he ends up in Cincinnati on a three-year deal. Technically, looks like a void year in there. Uh, Adam Schefter had the terms of uh, essentially two years, 20. It's really the same contract uh, he had uh, in Dallas. I mean, it's it's really the same type of thing, t- about 10, 10 mil per year. So a good deal, um, you know, comparatively, when you look at, The right tackle market, Um, you know, the top five right tackles as far as highest paid, Ryan Ramchick, Brian O'Neill, Lane Johnson, Braden Smith, Taylor Moten, all up between 17 and 19 per year and all up with guarantees up over four in the 43, 42, 55, 60 guaranteed. And you have – two years, 20 of a guy who's basically, you know, you you think could be right at that tier or at least at the bottom or the top of the next tier. However you view it, it ends up being by all accounts, uh, a great deal for the Bengals to sign McCollins.
4: Yeah. I mean, those were the two unknowns where if they to, to wait and not make the trade, it was first of all, what's it going to cost you to give up to get him if you want to make a trade, and then the other one was if you don't make the trade, well then what's the market for him going to be? would it be would it be cheaper to make the trade and undertake that current contract as opposed to the unknown of what's this this exploding market? what's it going to cost to land the guy? and the Bengals win on both counts. they don't have to give anything up and they end up paying essentially what they would have paid salary wise had they made the trade for him. I mean this this really could not have worked out any better for the organization.
1: Not just this weekend, but the whole week. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, everything is you talk about gone to plan. I mean, you 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 checked most every box. I mean, there's obviously some still left out there that you're going to do work on and try to you know spend this week crossing some T's, dotting some I's, you know, all that type of stuff. Some lowercase J's, uh, and and try to get uh, as many of those. Those depth pieces and smaller things done, but you know, the big things you had to do, they did it, they did it swiftly. And I think, you know, really, if you would have told them at the beginning of the week, this is how it's going to play out. You know, they would have said, this is perfect. I can't believe we got basically everything that they would have wanted. Um, so let's, you know, you've heard us talk about this. There's so much that's going on. It's been hard to even get to everything as we've gone through. I've got a story up now. Uh, that's kind of just some, just some takeaways plus thoughts on the Collins thing. We'll have a lot more on that as the week goes on. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty, plenty coming up on the site. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I know you guys have questions. So let's just, uh, dive in a reminder. If you want to ask a question, Uh, just hop up on this on the stage request to speak and we'll we'll uh, we'll pull you up on stage and uh, you may need to remember to unmute your line uh, when when we do pull you up on stage so if you feel like you're talking and we're not hearing you just just check that you're not on mute uh, and we'll go from there and so then if we have any problems with that we can always go to the chat but things have been great with this thing lately so we're really excited to hear what you guys have to say so let's start let's go um i'll bring john N. right off the top up onto the stage
3: john uh, how are you doing i'm good can you guys hear me sure yes can. how you doing what's going on guys i love the coverage you guys do a great job for the athletic and i just wanted to commend you two for the amazing work you guys put in this year thanks thanks john appreciate that Oh no, not a problem so I really feel like what we've done in uh, free agency has opened up the entire draft, not only in the first round, but throughout. And I kind of made a, a Twitter post earlier, kind of saying, I could see a scenario where the Bengals don't even go offensive line in the first four rounds. What are your guys' thoughts on that? That's uh, a great observation. I'll, I'll tell you sneak
1: peek because, uh, you know, I love all you folks, uh, that come into these rooms. You know, I've kind of finished up or in the process of finishing up mock draft 1.0. I mean, this might be the latest ever. What are we at? March 21st. <laughs> so excited to say that I am just, and I, that's, that's, you know, I'm on round four right now and I don't have one. I don't, I don't see it as a place that they have to go early. I think, I think they're truly in a, in a best player available at 31 with, a lean towards corner. You know, I mean, I think you're, if there's going to be, you know, if, if all things are equal or it's kind of close, they're going to take the corner. They, 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 would love to plant corner in the future in there. Um, and, and that, cause that's, that's really is kind of a wide open, really important spot that you see, you know, it's just a, such a premium position. If you like can get it, get it, but I don't, they don't, I don't think anybody would be freaking out if they went through the first three, four rounds and didn't take an offensive lineman because they have other needs. I mean, I I said this, and I think it stands even clearer today. This was going to be about veteran proven free agency, taking care of your offense for once as they've done the opposite the last couple of years. And now starting the plan of the next generation of your defense. I think your draft, you're going to see this draft be defense heavy in the early rounds as they try to, cultivate the next level there. It doesn't mean if Tyler Linderbaum falls to 31 or they love fall in love with Zion Johnson or whatever, but they wouldn't pull that trigger. I'm sh- absolutely they would, but they're so wide open now, they absolutely don't have to. And it's just another position that's sort of out there for them to consider.
3: Do you think wide receiver is a strong possibility in round two, or do you think they'll push that further down the list? I,
4: I, mean, I, would two, think- I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I, I think Two would be too early, even three maybe. I I, I think that's more of a – because it is such a deep class, um, I I think that feels more like a maybe a double up on The only reason reason I
3: asked was because I think we've all seen what Jacksonville did and kind of screwed the entire wide receiver free agency market moving forward. So then you start getting nervous with your T. Higgins of the world and the Tyler Boyd re-ups. And wondering if you can keep all these guys, or if you're just gonna have to keep loading that room up. You're in.
1: Well, they can't keep all of them. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't see many any. I mean, I guess if anything's possible, I, I it, you're probably gonna see Tyler Boyd playing out this contract, and that being it. I mean, just when you look at the way they typically have handled, I had this in notes today about. Third, they're just not real interested in third contracts. They're not going to sit here and make the Carlos Gino mistakes anymore, and none under this regime at least. And so, what happens with Boyd? I mean, you know, he's, he's here through 23. You got two more seasons of him, and, and he's going to be cr- approaching his 30s at that point, too. So, Higgins and Chase's deals are going to be so big. Uh, you certainly could see them prioritizing those, but I mean, at a certain point, there's a chance that you're having to use one of your weapons, whether it be a franchise tag or something like that, when you get into those because you're going to be paying Burrow fifty million or whatever. So th- that's math for down the line. Uh, you're, but it's you can reload. There's no reason not to, and they they need the depth. I mean, this is how you do it. You use these middle to late round picks, and you try to find Marvin Jones. You try to find Mohamed Sanu. You try to. And these, you know, there's just so many receivers out there, and so many guys that come up. They'll have time to develop in the background. There's no pressure if it doesn't work out. It doesn't kill you, but they are there. And if they do start playing well, then in the future, you have options. And you're going to need depth. Like the odds that all three of these guys play damn near every game again is just, it's so unlikely. They were so lucky to have that last year. They do need more depth at that receiver position, particularly with their turn something we know that they're uh that they're interested in I right, we well, i am excited we are going to be deep into draft i'm excited to dive dive much deeper into the draft stuff now that we've kind of completed this so that's a great place for us to start john appreciate it let's uh let's move on to the next question and uh let's go and bring um, jared r up onto the stage jared how are you doing
2: hey how's it going um like last um talker said i appreciate all your coverage it's been awesome i don't live in cincinnati so <laughs> being in new england it's kind, of, kind of been tough uh, seeing the success of the patriots throughout the years but i appreciate you guys and i just had a quick question so you were talking about um, them going corner at the end of the first round but do you see them going into the free agent market at all regarding like cornerback two i know they did um signed Eli Apple to the $4 million deal, but I didn't know if they had the cap space to go after another depth guy or someone maybe a little bit better than Apple. Um, I know that uh, we still have to kind of figure out the logistics of the Collins contract, but I just wanted to see your guys' thoughts on that. I know that there was a
1: Gilmore rumor out there. I don't necessarily buy that, but just wanted to see what you guys thought. No, I appreciate the question, Jared. It's a good one. I mean, I. don't see them go. I mean, the Gilmore thing, I saw that. Uh, well, I didn't even really comment on it because I'd not heard anything to remotely about that um, from anybody. And I kind of saw where it came from. And I, I don't you know, there was a lot of stuff thrown against the wall there. And that's fine. I mean, they, they maybe were in talking to people. I, I as like, OK, what do we do if maybe Collins falls through or whatever? Do we want to reallocate that money on defense? Maybe they were investigating that. And being used as part of a, you know, ploy by an agent to say, oh, look at all these other teams. I, I don't know. I, I, I never ever got an impression during this in, between the end of this, the Super Bowl, uh, till this week that they were going to have interest in spending big money, in the cornerback spot. If there was anything they were looking at, it was going to be at okay. They would go as far as trying to replicate what they found with with Cheeto last year, but more than likely trying to kind of find this year's this year's eli apple too and then a draft pick and you just let them all go in there. and they're not i'm mean, not afraid to load that room they have historically and they did last year so they, they maybe i mean you're looking at they, they haven't done they made the the trey waynes release uh, official yet but then when that happens uh you know they'll they'll drop uh you know another 10 9 into another 11 million when this thing mean mean they're 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 pretty close to where they like to get um, where I don't know that you're going to see any any big splashes, but there could be something minor. I I just I I think you'll see them trying to take advantage of the bargain bin here in that, you know, this is where that third and second wave guys that are stunned that they're still around thought they were going to get picked up. Maybe some names that you heard of. And forced to take a prove it deal for, for less than they thought. And the Bengals, and they say, well, maybe I can latch onto a winner and make something happen. I mean, that, that's what you would see. I don't, I would, I really do not anticipate anything major. And a guy like Gilmore would certainly be considered
4: that. Yeah, the the bargain bin is. Have you ever been at a Walmart or a Target or somewhere and you're looking through the DVD bargain bin and you see a movie <laughs> like, what's that doing in there? That that's a great movie. I it feels like that could happen with corner because there's there's still a lot of guys out there and a lot of them are on the wrong side of thirty, but that they they're guys that are proven in the league and it's just a a case most of most of the teams are have have spent. There's, there's still some teams out there with cap space, but after week one of free agency, that money really starts drying up, and there's going to be a lot of guys, uh, a lot of corners in particular, standing there waiting to, to you know, what happened. And if you, you Paul's right, they're not going to, they don't have the money to go make a big splash, but you could get a guy. At a relatively cheap amount, whether it's a a one-year prove-it deal or uh, he's at the end of his rope, possibly let's just take a flyer on him. You you could bring in a a veteran guy that who who does end up being cornerback too. But as far as a Gilmore, I mean, he's both. He's expensive and he's on the wrong side of thirty, and that just doesn't. That's never felt like a fit. But there, there's still quite a few interesting names out there. Um, on the cornerback market, that's that's going to be interesting to watch how that goes this week as as the money starts drying up for everybody.
1: No, no, no doubt about that. I mean, I like Joe Hayden, who we mentioned a lot, the lead up a veteran who's been around. But man, if he's in the mix. Uh, with him and Apple and a top draft pick, you know, you love your depth there and, and you feel like that's something that you, but I'm, I'm not saying that would happen, but those are the types of names, names you've heard of that maybe wouldn't cost as much, uh, that would be around in a second, third wave that could come in and maybe want to come chase a ring with Joe Burrow and, and that, that can make a difference or play with Mike Hilton again uh which is you know something that you you see these connections of free agents of the past now that have had success here that would vouch uh for for the place and
0: and try to bring people along with them all right let's just take a quick break looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right
1: Let's uh, bring Ben D up onto the stage. Uh, ben, how you doing?
2: Regardless of life, regardless of party, regardless of- oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> My day no, job okay, is politics, and on? I have to watch these like Scotus hearings. Um, good. good. <laughs> uh, much, much rather be here. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm curious as to like a a more long term question. You guys got a little bit into. Um, yesterday, how these investments in the O-line sort of demonstrate from the team to Joe Burrow that, you know, they're willing to make the investment in him and in succeeding and in succeeding now. Um, so I'm just curious for a little bit more about what you might expect in terms of how this investment and, you know, success this season and next season are going to inform um, like just how, how big his contract is, you know, like how long it is, like, like what, what does this early free agency period tell you more specifically, I guess, about what the future of Burrow being here? Uh,
4: well, I, I think it kind of takes that variable out of there. They're, they're going to have to overpay to keep him. I think you know it's 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 going to be a crazy number, no matter what. Or Fifty million a year, somewhere around there. Who knows? But it's it, this commitment this year feels like that they're that they are going to be able to to keep Joe Burrow here, and, and they they always can. They can use the fifth year option. They want to get the extension done next off season, and it, it's not like he's going to hold them over a barrel and, and say, ah, you know, you haven't done enough. I'm, I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to see what, what I can get on the open market in, in year six. It's the, this I think was a, a big step in, in making a commitment to, to Joe Burrow that they are going to do whatever it takes to, to put him in the best position to succeed and survive. So I, I think from that standpoint, it it's that's where you're looking where it's not where the Bengals are going to have to go throw some sort of crazy money to entice him to stay. I, I think Joe Burrow is going to want to be here long-term.
1: I, I agree. I, I think it's the latest example of them showing Burrow that they'll do whatever it takes to, for him to succeed and for him to want to be here and, and, And and believe that his voice matters, that he's important, that he's part of the process, that they're listening to him and and that they're all in this together and that that plays with him. That matters. And, you know, I mean, it's like between spending on guard, between bringing Jamar Chasen and between, you know, now here's here's Collins and going the extra mile for that. and and just finding ways to make all this work and it doesn't hurt when you've gotten to a super bowl here. It it just, it's the latest thing of saying this, this is our, our place. We're here for you. We're all going to be in this together with you. You're never going to feel on the outside here. You're never going to feel like some of these things that you've heard from Aaron Rodgers or frustrations that Deshaun Watson had or, any of these quarterbacks that have gone through these very public Russell Wilson frustrations of not feeling connected with the coach, not feeling connected with the front office, not feeling like you can play your game the way you want to, they clearly are here for the Joe Burrow ride organizationally and and, and willing to, to go whatever manner they have to go to do that. And, and this was the latest indication of that, and that makes it all that much easier to just knock it out next year when they put the big contract on the table and i don't think there's any concern that that won't be something that gets done and makes everybody happy when that goes down that you never know but there's one thing that we know from around here and that is this team has never been afraid to pay the quarterback yep. they just haven't and they, they weren't with they weren't afraid with Carson they weren't afraid with Andy And those are some two pretty big time recent examples. And they certainly coming off Super Bowl run and all the, the fever that surrounds this team would not feel any less willing to do it with this guy. So I fully expect him to become the richest quarterback in football and him to happily sign here. And you know, the details on that will all be a part of next off season, but you know, I don't think anybody anticipates it being a a major issue. So, we shall see. Um, let's keep it rolling here. Let's go next and I'll bring <laughs> bro bro,
4: Brother,
1: Brot bro
4: brothers comics.
1: comics? I'm go, I'm, oh, let's, let's bring him up on station now. Is it I wanna immediately go to Bro, but I don't know it's a bro. <laughs> is it brought has Comics P or is it Bro
2: <laughs> the Comics? I'm just let me know. <laughs> no. what do we got? It's Brothers Comics, uh, but thank you for pulling me up. Uh, my question is, who do you think becomes the kind of the locker room leader, vocal leader slash cheerleader now that CJ is gone? He leads the who day chance. He was keeping everybody up, you know, before the game and all that. Who do you think takes over that role now that he's gone?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I. I could see Tyler Boyd getting into that type of role. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's Joe Mixon. He's, he, he is excitable by actions. He's not necessarily the, the, the vocal guy in in that regard, but maybe now that there's a vacancy there, he would step into that. Um, Sam Hubbard's never been that kind of guy, but you know, he's got it in him he's he's got that personality where people want to follow him i don't i don't know well it'll have to happen organically i it's a really good question it's not something i had thought about but um i i I don't see burrow being that way he's more understated lead by example he'll say something when it needs to be said but he's not going to be the rah-rah guy i don't know paul do, do you have a a leading candidate in that regard,
1: I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, those things do happen kind of organically, and it, and there were different guys that did that over the course of last season. It was never until really the stretch run towards the end, always, you know, it became CJ, um, and that's just kind of his personality. Everybody's comfortable with him. He's the one guy that really connects the most across the entire locker room. Uh, and Mike Hilton, I mean. Mm-hmm is probably somebody who i think would would fit that and i don't and again like you don't need it to be like okay you're gonna be the bring up guy and then you're gonna i I think these things you win and it just happens and, and people start finding their niche and their role in it they have a really strong core leadership some more vocal than others a lot of quiet worker guys in the burrow hubbard mold and some much louder energetic i mean to me mixing you know, he'll get up there and just say stuff and it's great. And that's kind of the point, you know, and, and so I, I think he's the most obvious, but I don't know how much it matters. I To me, it's much more about the people that are so good at crossing the locker room. It's just, we talked about it so much last year about how that was such a difference where in the past, everything was so clicky. It was so truncated and and you say like, okay here's the defensive line they're their people and this other side is their people and they're pointing fingers and all that it's just guys like cj help bring those walls down um and they have and i think everybody was in the room and saw that last year and you've got a lot of people like i don't, I don't think it'll be impossible to pick it up where he left it off um there's plenty of guys that can do it but it'll be noticeable it'll take time it'll have to happen organically who knows it could be one of the free agents they brought it you just you just you just never know um how that stuff's going to happen but i do think there's a a good core leadership there that that can that can pick it up um let's keep rolling let's um go to timothy m and bring timothy up on the stage what's going on can you hear me sure yes how you doing
2: pretty good I'm going to ask sort of a stupid question that everybody's going to be against. I know you guys talked about Trey Waynes. Um, He was a good cornerback. Do you see any scenario where they, he's still on contract
1: where they hang on to him, let him get a full training camp and let him play and see what they got? No,
4: No. none whatsoever.
1: I mean, it's $11 million they will need to use. Um, and I mean that the relationship clearly was unsalvageable when the guy couldn't even catch the field during the playoff stretch and they were getting short on corners at time. I mean, obviously there, I mean, I don't think he wanted to be here maybe. Okay. (laughs) But, but, um, you know, I, for that, cost and what they're going to do with that money and they've already spent in a lot of ways that money the way they wanted to um so i there's no way i, I mean people keep asking why have they not let them go yet I, I don't know details on the timing of why they would or wouldn't why they would wait outside of. i don't know if there's a vindictive so, nature to it i mean so really uh, you guys are uh, around that you guys are around that do you
2: think that uh Eli Apple actually really beat him out?
1: Yeah. I mean they, okay. they they were trying to win the Super Bowl and they never wavered for a second on Eli Apple being the guy. I mean you had the moment mean, Wayne's what? He played in Denver and he got mossed for a touchdown and uh and, yeah. and, and that it, was it. They never I mean they never even gave him a chance after that. And and Apple was playing well and he did play well and he and and they kept loving him up and he kept playing well I, he he clearly beat him out um the, there was the 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 thing with Waynes is the fact that he was never even a part of the conversation even as a backup or a third or a fourth string at any point down the stretch and he was healthy at that point so i mean that wow. that's that's more what it was about <laughs> what a waste of money yeah when, yeah, when, when he got, he got
4: when he got beat in that Denver game, it was Trey Flowers they replaced him with. Eli was already in the game. So that that showed you right there. He didn't come back on the field after giving up that touchdown in Denver. And that was really the end for him as as far as a cornerback. He had a couple special team snaps. But that, that tells you right there what, what, what they, their thought process was, if they were willing to to go with Trey Flowers the rest of that game as opposed to the guy they're paying all that money to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Timothy. Really appreciate it. Um, All right. Let's uh, let's keep it rolling. Bring uh, Alexander B. up onto the stage. Alex, how are we doing?
3: Good. I was wondering if you guys think that Marcus Williams deal in Baltimore is a, a good guideline for Jesse Bates possible extension.
1: Yeah, I mean,
4: Jesse probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesse, I think wants more.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a hard, it, it's a hard one to say. I mean, but, yeah, Jesse, Jesse would want would want to see more than I don't. I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say exactly. All I know is this: I, I think the time for that deal to get done past you know i i think that they looked at it as hey we're going to give this a real effort here and what we really see is our value um and and we want this to be the time if not then we'll go forward i just you know they've got a, we talked about all the money that they're going to have to spend next year and you know and they, they're going to have higgins and wilson and burrow to pay you know and they're gonna draft a safety this year, and if that guy is playing well, they can. Have, maybe that's how they move on. But I think it, it's forced them to consider everything, and, and Jesse has the right to do that—to bet on himself, to get himself into the market, and he—he and, he, and good on him. And use whatever leverage you can whenever you have it. Um, but from a Bengals perspective, I think they feel like this was our really our big effort. Um, we'll see what's left come time but I, I don't, it, it maybe gets done. Maybe it gets done in July. I just feel like that was, they viewed it as that was really the time for this thing to happen. And and, and it didn't. And and they're all going to kind of go forward their own way. Maybe, and maybe they look at the Williams thing and, and they say, here, let's drop this on the table and everyone comes in agreement. But um, I, I don't know. I think I feel, it feels like that ship has sailed.
4: Yeah. Now that this first week of free agency is is over, it feels like that leverage is flipped. And now the Bengals hold it because Jesse has to decide: Do I want to to stand firm on the the deal, the the numbers that he's been asking for, or, or does he want to roll the dice and play another season, banking on the fact that he won't get hurt, that it it won't affect? his earning potential down the road. Maybe, maybe he sees the proverbial light and is willing to come down on his asking price some to, to try to get something done before July. But it's, it had, like Paul said, it, it, he had the leverage before and now it is completely flipped. It's, it's the Bengals in the power position. And Jesse's got a, a hard decision to make about how much he's going to participate in, in voluntary stuff. And, 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 that's he talked about how much it affected him last year playing and not having to deal. It, it's really going to be something he's going to have to battle mentally this year, knowing that any one play could could really derail his chance to get that huge play to, payday.
1: No doubt. Uh, I want to pull a, a question from the the chat because okay. I think it's a good one, and that is: Is there anyone else from Ryan C? Is there anyone else in Cincinnati who could get away with wearing sweatpants into the precinct? And but don't forget the Looney Tunes sweatshirt. Now let's also give that its proper, you know, due. Uh, I mean, is there anyone else in the world at this point that could? I mean, it's just. I guess you just reach a certain at certain point. You have a certain regional status, and he, he's just so unique that I who? No, Jay, you could you could wear sweatpants into an Arby's. I think
4: it's mandatory. (laughs) You can't go in there dressed up. I I want. I mean, is there anybody else in Cincinnati that would even attempt or even think to wear sweatpants into into the precinct? And the other thing is, let's try that.
1: That should be the new. That should be the new thing. Everyone, like next time, if anybody goes and makes a reservation, try try wearing sweatpants and seeing if you if if they'll seat you.
4: i'm sorry i didn't mean her up there but knowing joe burrow's tape i mean there's there's probably a good chance those sweatpants cost more than any pair of pants i own
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man i love it i i love it's like you know we go back and and these clips have popped up for whether it's some highlight thing or just an old tweet or something whatever it is And, and you know i just go back to After the Baltimore game and he's, he's got the, the Krusty Krab and the Santa hat on. And it's just like over the course of the year, you just forget how ridiculous, how it would just run the gamut. And it's just, you know, yeah, there, there is nobody, there is definitely nobody else in the city. That's why, that's my charge to you guys. If anybody goes to the precinct, you know, have, have your real clothes in the car so you don't lose your reservation and not get to eat, but try going in with sweatpants and a Looney Tunes sweatshirt on and just, just see. See how it turns out for you. Let us know. Report back, please. Uh, We'd love to hear
0: more. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods.
1: All right, let's, uh, let's get a uh, couple more. I do see... Hawaii is on the line to close us out. So we'll get to Natasha in a second. Uh, let's bring Keith A. Uh, up on the stage here for a question. Hey, Keith, how's it going?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, sure can.
0: Yeah, yeah. First of all, I just want to say how awesome it is that we're having this conversation and the Bengals are actually relevant. <laughs> so that's incredible. Um, I want to go back to the cornerback conversation. Um, I'm wondering if they're actually looking at any additional edge help uh, in free agency, because I think there's a close tie to the cornerback situation. Your cornerbacks are a lot better when you're getting to the quarterback. And I remember the Raiders game and and some of the other games in the playoffs watching uh, even Matt Stafford just sitting back there with all the time in the world to actually find open receivers. And I'm just wondering if maybe we should be looking at edge help as well. And that'll make uh Cheeto and uh and Eli look more like uh top notch one and two cornerbacks in the league.
4: You know, there there's quality guys out there on the edge, but I, I you're you're not gonna get some of these guys that are there. Zedaria Smith, Javier Clowney, Melvin Ingram, those guys, they're not you're not getting them at a bargain basement price. So I mean maybe it's maybe there is a guy out there that's kind of left holding the bag at the end of this. Uh, it'd be a much lesser name and somebody they they want to roll the dice with. But I, I think you're far more likely to to find a, a bargain at the cornerback position and an edge would be something that they that would be more likely to address in the draft.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's two parts to this. I mean, I, I think we've we seen them make some moves in no, – I mean, I, was, I saw B.J. Hill at, for the 3 mm-hmm. technique He traded for it. For a season, but we've seen them make moves, uh, you know, the Mike Daniels year in, in summer. Or, you know, I, I'd be interested to see – I think they're going to be really closely looking at what Joseph Osai looks like when he comes back and they, they get in OTAs and, and all that stuff. And I know we will be too. It, because – there's kind of a lot of stock currently being put in him being a beast because it, you're right. I mean, they don't have a lot of backup there. So I think they're interested. I think they're looking into, they're looking into that. And I, I think that we'll see some kind of veteran edge probably placed into that conversation at some point. They also have, we don't know what the hell Wyatt Hubert is. I mean, we mm-hmm. you, you You have a guy like, Khalid Kareem, who's still hanging around and trying to develop. I mean, I mean there's people there, but you're right. I, I wouldn't be stunned to see some kind of a, a veteran addition, but really late in the process um, to get him back. They're aware of it. I, I know they're aware of it, and it's on the radar. It's just a matter of maybe they need to see what the draft shows them first before they go bringing somebody else in and just focus on that right now. But it's definitely, again, it falls into that in play at the top of the draft for sure uh, because you just can't have enough of those guys. You can't have enough corners. You can't have enough edge rushers. You you gotta, and that's how you win games. Um, Let's, uh, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's go to the last question as we always do. Oh, like clockwork, like, like the rising tide. uh, Every single time we do a live room, Natasha B in Hawaii
2: Oh, I there am.
1: it is. I hear <laughs> it. There it is. I hear it. How are you, Natasha?
2: I am wonderful. Great to hear you guys again. Excited to be in a live room.
1: So the Hawaii sounds great. Uh, I'm sure everything's fantastic out there.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I, I'll i send you guys a picture.
1: <laughs> Please do.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Brothers Comics kind of took my question because I was really bummed about TJ. Still trying to... Re- wrap my head around him picking the Jets but I'm gonna pivot and just try to have some fun here so my first question is who becomes the best interview now that TJ is gone and then bold predictions draft style just get crazy my bold prediction is they trade up into the top 10 draft stingly and full circle fill the cornerback void and LSU North is a real thing what do you think wow. would be the most fun thing to happen on Draft
1: Day? <laughs> I love it, Natasha. That is awesome. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm here to play the game, be bold, uh, and Derek Stingley would undeniably be the ideal scenario if he uh, found some way to slip. Or, I even in a bold world, I have a hard time predicting them going up. No, uh, I, I don't. I don't know that I. I don't know that I. I see that. I don't know where would where would your bold where would your bold move, BJ? Um, I.
4: I don't know if how bold it would be because it's kind of their mo. But trading back multiple times, maybe maybe trading back from thirty one. We we sit there all night waiting for them to make a pick, and right before they go on the clock, they trade back and don't end up picking anybody on Thursday, and then maybe they do it again on Friday night with the, the next to last pick. Of the, of the well, that wouldn't work because there's comp picks. But that I, I could see them doing multiple trade backs if if they have a a number of guys that they like that would still be in range, depending on how far back they go. Um, again, that's not super bold because they they have done it, but I, I haven't seen them do multiple trade backs from high rounds in the past. So I'll say that trade back out of the first and, and trade back out of the second or third.
1: Yeah, maybe end up with what? How many day three picks should we say? Maybe end up with I don't know six, six or day yeah. six day three picks or something. Where you just we've heard a lot about the draft too being pinpointed as look keep an eye on these uh on this fourth round is a real sweet spot and the Bengals have always loved the fourth round if they feel like that's where the true value is. The teams love coming up into 31. Uh, they may, this might be the type of draft where they come up for a quarterback to try to get that fifth year option on. You move back, you move back again. You keep adding fours, fours, fours. Let's say bold prediction, they end up with four fourth round picks. That's my bold, that's my bold prediction on that one. <laughs> and as far as players, who, who takes over for best interview, I mean, it's, that's a, a big, a big one to try to fill in. I'll, I'll I'll say a couple names. I'm I, and just because it's been on my mind, I'm exci- really excited to talk to uh, Cheeto Bayouzier about Nigeria. When he's been he's been going around there, he went he went back to Africa, and I've talked to him in the past about this. And he is just one of the most interesting people I've ever met. He went back with his family uh, there, and uh, I, I'm I always love talking to Cheeto anyway. And he's been out kind of world traveling, so I'm excited about that. And another name to throw in there, uh, I'll say. I think I mentioned him earlier. I think Mike Hilton is—he's always got something up his sleeve. He's always interesting. He is the—he's Mister Extend Jesse Bates at the end of. Uh, and and one of his, I just think um, I think he's got a chance to to really even grow more into his his leader role for sure. You got you got one in your pocket, Jay.
4: Yeah, you know I I had to go out of town this weekend, so I missed the press conferences with the new offensive linemen. But I I, I think those guys by nature are the most some of the most intelligent and insightful guys on a roster. And I just I love the idea. I, people might think it's crazy because of the Patriot way, but I love the idea of Ted Karras kind of. The, the Catholic schoolgirl who's pent up and then goes to college and goes nuts. I I can see him being I can see him being this great interview guy coming from New England where they weren't really allowed to do that kind of stuff and now now it's he's more free to express himself and be open. So both him and and Kappa I think both could be really great interviews and and I just want to say too I I, I like Natasha. It's it's we've only been doing these for a few months and it's like she's got the veteran move down because. She doesn't jump on stage right away. She waits till the end. So she's at the bottom so we can bring her on last. And even if even if she did jump on early, I think we would still save her to the last because it's just it's it's become a tradition.
1: It is. It is a tradition. It's an honor. It's the best way to go out. And for uh, everyone who attended Catholic school, uh, it's at Jay Morrison, (laughs) A-T-H on Twitter. uh, If you want to uh, share your thoughts. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for listening and coming to the live room Uh, again. we'll We'll be back onto a regular podcast schedule here as we get going now and all the draft stuff that you're used to from us uh we're plotting out and starting to execute that plan and really excited about digging into this draft with everybody so you know keep it locked here you know we'll have all kinds of special stuff in the works for you on that so uh thanks very for coming in we will talk to you next time have a good one everybody